सहनावतु सहनो भुनक्त सह तेजस्वीतमस्तुमा विद्वषा वह ओ शांतिशाशाशंकरानंद नम श्रीशंकरानंद गुरुपादाबुजन्मने गुरुपादाबुजन्मने सविलास महामोह समोह ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे It was said that the vidwan, the wise man, has no agraha, has no insistence on whether he should be active or not active, whether he should work or withdraw from activity. There is no insistence one way or the other, because he is not identified with the body. All the activities take place at the level of body, speech, and the mind, with which there is no identification for the wise man, and therefore he does not interfere with the processes taking place through the supari. And therefore, he has no agraha. He has no insistence on whether to act or not to act. This body, the speech, mind, etc., which follow what we call the laws of matter or the law of destiny, they function as destined for them, and the wise man does not interfere. So he does not insist. So he may act. He may not act. All right, it is fine from your standpoint, but still. In as much as a wise man is necessarily going to the one who is looked up to by others, wherever he is, therefore, how should you conduct yourself when you are in the midst of karmis, people uh, devoted to action? Vidvamsthe tadrasamadhi tishthe tadamrodhah kaya namanasavacha karotteva khilakriyaha. Said verse two eighty five. That vidvam. If the Vidwan or the wise man finds himself in the midst of the people who are devoted to action, then kāya namanasāvācā, then by the body, by the mind and by the speech, karotev akhilāha kriyāha, he also performs all the actions at the level of body, speech and the mind. Of course he would perform actions which are proper actions, what we might call enjoined actions or the vihita karma. So when a wise man acts in the midst of the active people, then his action will necessarily be model action, in as much as he will act in according to the scriptural injunctions, so that he sets an example for the others. He would not transgress the accepted code of conduct, even though there is no sense of agency in him. But still, the actions performed by him will be in accordance with. The accepted scriptural injunctions or stipulations, so that other people around him, who always imitate him or or take him, uh, look upon him as an ideal, will also follow what trend of action he has set. <coughs> And suppose a wise man suggests that finds himself in the midst of the seekers of knowledge, then how should he conduct himself? ये समझे बुद्धसुनाम यदा दिष्टे तदापुनः 
Bodhayesham Kriyasarvaha Dushem Stejdusvam. If you find himself in the midst of the seekers of knowledge, then he knows that best best uh, mode of life for them is nuvrti or disengagement from activity. And therefore, if he is in the midst of the seekers of knowledge, he should also give up all activities and should encourage them also to give up all the duties so that they can devote themselves to the pursuit of knowledge. Dushayan. He should, when in the midst of activity, he should show the benefit of action and thus encourage them to act. When in the midst of the people seeking knowledge, he should show them dushanam or the defects involved in the action and should encourage them to give up the action so that they can devote themselves to knowledge. So he would act differently depending upon the crowd in which he is. Why is it so? Avidvat anusarena vrattar buddhasya yudhyate. It's only proper that a wise man acts in accordance with the ignorant people around. Agnani anusarena gnyaninaha vartanam uchitam kripalutvat tesam ankampaniyatvacha. Because he is compassionate. He is kripalu. A compassion is his very nature. So he cannot but do whatever is proper for him to do in the midst of people. Anukampaniyatvacha and ignorant people also are those which deserve anukampa, which deserve compassion. So he is compassionate by nature. The people around him are those who deserve compassion. That kind of a chemistry being there, he necessarily will act in a manner which is proper or, or con- proper for the people around him. Give an example, stanandhyam sarena vartade tatpitayataha. Just as a father does whatever is required for an infant child. <coughs> and that illustration is uh, shown in the verse 288 further. Use illustration of a father with reference to a child or an infant. So wise man is compared to a father and ignorant people are compared to children or infants. So this is how his status is. Just as a father, how he treats the infant. So also in a similar manner a wise man may treat the ignorant people. Says the verse 288 Balena svapitātada, Balena svapitātada, Naklishna tinakupyeda, Naklishna tinakupyeda, Balam pratyudalalayeda, Balam pratyudalalayeda. Imagine that the father is fondling the child and somehow the child gets upset for whatever reason. Adhikshiptaha. The child is just learning to talk. Adhikshiptaha. And suppose it utters words which are, which are insulting the father. Suppose he utters words, you know, which are hurting. Tadigova. Suppose he hurts the father. He beats the father. That's what children do. You know, that sort of anger or whatever it is. Sometimes children beat their father or they may say things, you know, which are improper. Suppose a child behaves like that with the father, Bhalena Svapita. 
So when a child does acts in this manner with the father, which is an improper manner, what does the father do? He doesn't feel sad, nor does he get angry. Just because he is insulted by the child, he doesn't feel insulted. Or even when he is beaten or hit by the child, he does not hit back, he doesn't get angry also. Then what? On the other hand, he still fondles the child. Even though the child misbehaves in words or in action, then also the father doesn't feel bad, doesn't get angry. On the other hand, he continues to fondle the child. So how the father does whatever is required by the child, whether the child deserves it or not, in that sense. I mean, you know, your child always deserves. But even whether the child's actions uh, are proper or not, how the father always responds in a compassionate manner. He realizes why the child behaves in this manner, and therefore he doesn't become a child, he always acts in a very compassionate manner. This is how a father deals with a child, an infant in particular. <coughs> Similarly, Dastandake Yojavadi, the same illustration now, that illustration is now uh, extended in case of the Dastanda, in case of the wise man, how wise men also acts in the midst of ignorant people. Says verse 289. Ninditas tu yamanava Ninditas tu yamanava Vidya nagnyayirna nindati Vidva nagnyayirna nindati Nastaudi kintu te shamsyad Nastaudi kintu te shamsyad Yatha bodhas tatha chared, Yatha bodhas tatha chared. Ninditaha stuyamanova vidyvan agnehi. Vidyvan the wise man, agnehi by the ignorant people, Ninditaha stuyamanova. So ignorant people may censure him, or stuyamanova, they may praise him. Vidwan nanindati nastaudi. Suppose some people criticize him, censure him, insult him, disrespect him. He does not respect in, uh, he doesn't respond in kind, he doesn't disrespect them, or he doesn't start censuring or blaming them. Nastaudi. Or some good people. There are always going to be people of both the kinds. And however good a person is, there will be always some fellows who will find fault with what he does, regardless of how he is. He can be God, and still we find no fault with God anyway. Even, even a God-man walking on the earth, then also there, there is no person who has yet been born who will not be misunderstood by some, or who will not be criticized or insulted by some, whoever he is. And definitely, therefore, even a wise man, in spite of all his compassion, in spite of all the best intention and everything that he does, there will be some people who will misunderstand him. Look, see, in the midst of those people, he, he uh, encouraged them to give up all the activities. Some other people, he encouraged them to perform activities. Look at how he is functioning, you know. So people will feel that so there is something wrong with this fellow, or something they will always find. And therefore, people will always find something to criticize about him. Tulya Ninda Stutir Mauni. As Lord Krishna says, 
Tullinindas Tutirmoni, describing a wise man, the one who is equal in ninda and stuti. In censure or praise, one who maintains equanimity of the mind, knowing fully well that the self or the atma cannot be censured nor can it be praised. Who can be censured? Who can be insulted? This body or the mind, this body. And who will be praised? Also this body or the mind. Is upadi. All the vyavahara, all the transactions always are at the level of the upadi. Atma or the self never enters any transaction, never becomes the subject of transaction, nor does he become the object of transaction. Naya mahanti nahanyate. He does not kill, nor can he be killed. He does not act, nor does he become an object of action. And therefore, even when people censure him, he knows very well that he cannot be censured. He is a self. He is even the self of the fellow who is insulting him. Therefore, he knows himself as what? As a self of all. And therefore, he is even the self of the person who is insulting him. So he knows that self is beyond all words and beyond all adrashtam, agrahyam. Agrahyam is that which cannot be grasped or cannot be reached by organs of action. Adrashtam that which cannot be perceived by organs of perception. That being the case, and he is identified with the self, not with the body. If I am identified with my body, then any praise of the body is my praise and I feel happy. Any criticism of the body because my criticism, I feel sad. When I am identified with my mind or intellect, then any praise of the intellectual achievement is my praise and vice versa. And thus, all these praises and senses, ninda and stuti, all of them are only at the level of what we call upadhi, meaning the body, speech, mind, equipment. Wise man is not identified with him. Therefore, it doesn't matter to him whether somebody praises his upadhi or not. Na nindati na stavdi. As Lord Krishna also says, na vinandati na dveshti tasya pratishtita. Yes, Sarvatrana Bhisneha, Tattut Prapta Subhashubham, Navinandati, Nadveshti. Subham, the Prarabdha, the destiny brings to him, Subham and Subham, favorable, unfavorable, desirable, undesirable. These kind of situations keep on coming before everybody, and wise man also is no exception. We also constantly face favorable and unfavorable situations, Wise man also faces. Nabhinandati nadveshti. He doesn't embrace anything, nor does he uh, have any aversion for anything. He maintains the equanimity of his mind. And therefore, and then only you can do what is proper to do. If you come under the spell of our stuti or ninda, meaning if you can be affected by praise or censure, then uh, you will not be able to maintain that balance of mind. So regardless of what the people say and in whichever way the people treat him, he remains unaffected by them. Not because he is insensitive, but because he is wise and therefore he knows that this does not pertain to me. Oh, you are telling this body, fine, I also don't, I also don't care for it. I also have the same thing about the body. Oh, you are talking about my speech, fine, no problem. You are talking about the intellect, okay. Suppose you, you they say something about this table, what is it going to do to me? Nothing. Because I am not this table. And similarly also, to for a wise man, body also is like that only. Oh, I, 
you think the body is ugly, fine. What's the big I'm not the body anyway. And therefore, just as the father doesn't in any way get affected by, meaning the compassion and the love of the father is in no way influenced by the ill behavior of the child, and so also the behavior of the people, positive or negative, does not in any way uh, influence the person, the wise man. Then he continues to do whatever is to be done. Kintu tesham syadetha bodha tatha achrayet. Vidvan agnehi nindidaha stuvimanava. Good people may praise him, bad people may censure him. Swam nannati nastavati. But he himself doesn't censure anybody, nor does it praise anybody. Kintu tesham agnehanam yasa bodha upajayate tatha achrayet. But then he does whatever is proper or necessary so that this ignorant people will gain knowledge. That's all he does. If it is, if he thinks that action is good for them, he acts. If he thinks that disengagement or giving up the action is good for them, that's what he does. He has nothing to gain and nothing to lose and therefore he acts as is beneficial to the people. Because loka sangraha. Welfare of the people is the only aim that he has. Evam acharane nimittamaha. How come he behaves in this manner? That is explained in the verse 290. <laughs> Agnya prabodhan naivanyata, agnya prabodhan naivanyata, kārya mastyatra tadvidaha, kārya mastyatra tadvidaha. Yena ayam natanena atra buddhade, kārya meyavatata. Ayam agnyani atra asmin loke vidushaha, yena yadrushena natanena acharanena buddhade, Tattvam avagachyadi tadacharanam tena kartavameva. Here, he said that, Yena, I am this ignorant person. Yena natanena atra buddhyade. All that the wise mind is concerned is, how this ignorant person also becomes free from ignorance. That's all his concern is. How should he gain knowledge? That's all. So wise man's only concern is, what is meant by loka sangraha or welfare of the people? The real welfare of the people is that they gain knowledge. Other things are going to perhaps give them welfare for a period of time, moment temporarily, but the ultimate and the real welfare is only when they gain the knowledge. So wise man does whatever he considers proper so that the people, ignorant people, they gain the knowledge. Yena natanena. Natanena means asaranena. In fact, natanam means acting. That shows that the wise man is acting. So the beautiful word is, is used here by the author. Yenayam natanena atra buddhade. By whatever action, acting of his, because he is only playing roles, and therefore, whatever kind of a role a situation calls for, he plays that role. So by whichever kind of natanam, by whichever kind of drama, or a role, or a play, he thinks that will bring about the welfare, or meaning will be helpful in gaining for ignorant people to gain the knowledge. 
that is the acharanam or that is the action he performs. <coughs> Why see? You mean that he will do whatever is required by the other people, tarhi, tadvadeva, karyantaramai prasadjeta. But then the requirement of the people around will be many. In which case he may start distributing blankets, food and all kinds of things, you know. So, where is the end to what he can do? Suppose a wise man engages in what we call the public welfare, then all kinds of requirements will be there. Then all other kinds of actions also he may, have, he may have to give up what he is doing in the sense that and then he may have to engage in all kinds of activities. Therefore, here the author says, Agnya prabodhat naivanyat karyamastyatra tadvidaha Since yadaha tadvidaha tattvavidaha For the wise man, Atra loke agnya prabodhat anyat kartavyam naivasti The only kartavya, kartavya means what you might call the duty. Actually we cannot say that a wise man is any duty. Because duties are all at the level of the upadhi, the body, speech and the mind. Therefore the duty is only for the person who is identified with the body. And therefore who has a sense of individuality or who considers himself as an agent of action. For that person alone there is a duty. Wise man has no duty and therefore no injunctions or prohibitions are really applicable to that. Because he's not a man in that sense. He's not an individual anymore because he's not identified with the individual equipment. Although he acts through a certain equipment, but there is no identification. And therefore, there is nothing to be gained. Yesterday we said, there is nothing that he has to do. There is nothing that he has to gain by performing an action, nor does he have to lose by not doing something. There is no kartavya as such. And still, suppose we want to impose some kartavya upon him. Kartavya means that he should do, this is his duty. And the only duty that can possibly be imposed upon the wise man is what? Yataha. Loke adnit prabodaranyat kartavyam naivasti. The only kartavya, the only duty that he has is adnya prabodha. is just to impart knowledge to the ignorant people. That's all. Otherwise, there are all kinds of problems in the world and nobody can solve them. Or if he even tries to address those problems, he will completely extend himself. But the only thing that he is devoted to or committed to is only the imparting of knowledge to the ignorant people, which also there is plenty, of course, you know, and that also is endless task. But that's all. And therefore whatever he... So whatever is required to be done in order that the people around him are encouraged to pursue the knowledge and that they gain the knowledge ultimately, this is what he does. Regardless of how the people treat him, he continues to do whatever he thinks he should do. Ataha tad anusaranayana tattvodhanam kartavam ityartaha And therefore, in a way, it is said here that as though a wise man also has a duty that he, he should impart knowledge to the ignorant people. 
Even though there is no duty, still there is some kind of a duty. Even Upanishad also says that when a right student comes to the teacher, then the teacher must impart him the knowledge. I mean, you cannot say that you must do something, but he will not but do it. Because, after all, the, uh, when you know that a person is, a, bl- a blind man is coming, let us say, and you see that there is a big, big pothole right in front of him, that he's going to fall in there. Are you going to wait for some duty and stuff like that? You are going to tell him, stop there. And so also, this is out of compassion anybody will do. And therefore also these wise people like Shankaracharya, as we say, he is walking along the street of, of Banaras, and seeing the old man is nearing death and repeating grammar sutras, grammar aphorisms, and then automatically heart just cries out, Bhaj Govindam, Bhaj Govindam. Govindam bhajam mudhamate. Oh, a deluded fellow. Bhaji Govindam, worship the Lord. Seek the Lord. Samprapte sannihite kale nahi nahi rakshati dukkhram karane. All this repeating and memorizing of these Vyakarana sutras or the aphorisms of grammar is not going to help you and protect you. When the death comes, when the time comes, these things are not going to help you. And therefore, it is it's only right that you devote yourself to the worship of Lord. Not that somebody is telling to do that. This will automatically happen. <coughs> Even about Bhagavad Gita also the same thing is said. Yasvayam Padmanavasya Mukha Padmanavasya What Kartavya or duty Lord Krishna has? He is only acting as a charioteer of Arjuna. And Arjuna in the beginning, when the chariot is placed between the two armies, and Arjuna observes both the armies, and all of a sudden he then finds that there are all the kith and kin, all the relatives, friends, and all these people are there on both the sides of the armies, and that both all these people will be killed as a result of this battle, and his heart is filled with grief and compassion, ill-placed compassion, but this is there anyway. So tears are, have, his eyes are filled with tears, and he is terribly grief-stricken, and then he, he uh, pleads to the Lord. He says that I don't want to fight. I don't think this battle should be fought. It's not proper to kill all these people. That time Lord Krishna, like a strict father, you know, he, says, uh, he almost scolds him. He says, what are you talking? In this particular place, at such a, such a crucial time, in such a difficult time, you are saying that you don't want to fight? You want to leave this battlefield? That's not proper for you. It's not proper for Kshatriya. Not proper for you, he is Arjuna, he is so well known, you know, as a warrior, etc. And thus, poor Arjuna still is weeping. He says, Oh Lord, how can I fight with these people? They are all, they are my teachers, and they are my, uh, my great-grand-grandfather is here, and all these uh, elders are there. I should in fact... Uh, I should, I should uh, worship them with flowers and you are asking me to send arrows at them. How can I do that? So thus the child is crying at that time. So one Mahatma was very beautiful explaining this whole idea. That sometimes a child comes crying, you know, he has gone out in the street, he is playing with his friends, something happens, he quarrels with his friends, gets beaten, you know, and comes home crying. At that time the father, when he reposes, when he comes crying before the father, 
The father says, what? You are crying? Go back, find reason, give him to you, huh? And that's how the father doesn't, does disregards, so strict. Mother at that time, he says, you know, is in the kitchen and she's watching from that, the crack in the door and all this business is going on and the poor child is crying and the father is still strict and father in fact gives him two, you know, <laughs> like this. He's already beaten by somebody who is crying. On the top of that, father, why you come home crying? And when the father is about to hit him, at that time the mother runs from inside and stands between the father and the child. Says, no way, you cannot hit him. <clears throat> so how the mother, told out of compassion, responds? How he tells her? And similarly also this Bhagavad Gita, which is sitting, sitting in the heart of Lord Krishna, Gita me Rudayam Parsa. Lord Krishna says, this Gita is my heart. So Gita is always sitting in the heart of Lord Krishna. And when this child Arjuna is crying, and this Lord Krishna is acting as a father and scolding him, that time this, this mother Gita could not anymore hold. Never. She came out, you know, of the mouth of Lord. Yasvam Padmanavasya Mukha Padma Dvanisrita. It's not that Lord Krishna taught Gita. This Gita came out herself from the lotus mouth of Lord Krishna. So it is not that a wise man does and things happen. I mean, after all, there were the, the response in out of compassion is something that will naturally happen. He doesn't have to be told. And so, as I say, the moon, for example, when the moon rises, the full moon, the, the, in the hot sun, the, the summer of India, the earth has been scorched with heat, and this earth which is scorched with heat, that moon automatically just cools it down. That's his nature. I am Swabhava. This Swabhava, although the nature of the great people, Mahatmas, that <coughs> they will naturally spread the coolness and quietude and, and joy wherever they are. And therefore, when in the midst of ignorant people, the wise will be necessarily do what is proper to do in order that the real welfare takes place in terms of removal of their ignorance and that's what he does. He does it not because it is his duty or anything. He cannot but do it because there is a nature. <coughs> Compassion being the nature, automatically the response will be in this manner. And thus, Vrtavartishmanayaho Tattvarimaha says now, summarizes here in the verse 291, Vrittam, what has been said? Vartishamana, what is being said? All of that, Tatparyamaha, the essence is being said in the verse 291. Krita Trupyanevam Swamanasa Manyate Saunirantaram Manyate Saunirantaram Krutha Kruttitaya Truptaha This wise man is Truptaha Prapta Prapyataya Punaha Trupyanevam Swamanasa Manyate Asaunirantaram Asau Second line Asau means Vidwan This wise man Purokta Prakarana, in the manner which we have described in all these verses, Krita Kruttyataya Truptaha. 
ब्यूटीफुल वर्ड इन संस्कृत कृत कृत्य है कृतम हैज बिन डन कृत्यम वॉट एवर इज टू बी डन सो वन हुज डन वॉट एवर इज टू बी डन इज कॉल कृत कृत्य है कृत्य जातम ऑल द होस्ट ऑफ थिंग्स विच आर टू बी डन इन अवर लाइफ ऑल ऑफ थेम आर डन बाय होम हाउ कैन बी एवरीथिंग दर इज टू बी डन ओनली रियलाइज दैट नथिंग नीड्स टू बी डन दैट्स ऑल दैट वॉट एवर वॉज बींग डन वॉज बींग डन ओनली आउट ऑफ इग्नोरेंस थिंकिंग दैट लॉर्ड ऑफ थिंग्स आर टू बी डन टू डिस्कवर द फैक्ट दैट नथिंग रिमेन नथिंग हैड टू बी डन एनी वे इट इज प्राप्त से प्राप्त ही अटेनमेंट ऑफ द ऑलरेडी अटेन और अकाउंप्लिशमेंट ऑफ द ऑलरेडी अकाउंप्लिश आई थॉट दैट दई थॉट दैट द बंच ऑफ क्यू वॉज लॉस्ट इन दफ आई लुकिंग फॉर इट ऑल ओवर आई फाउंड ओ इट्स राइट हेयर इन माई पॉकेट I thought the tenth tenth man was drowned, and therefore I was looking for him all over. I find that I am the tenth man. Krutam krutyam. That very knowledge is accomplishment of what is accomplished. Meaning, the tenth man has been already found. Whatever had to be done is done when it is discovered that the seeker is a sort. The one who is searching for the tenth man is a tenth man. This is how krutam krutyam. Krutam krutyam means. The one who has done what is to be done, not that not that it is ever possible for somebody to do everything that is to be done, but a discovery that I thought things had to be done, I thought that happiness had to be acquired, I thought that freedom was something to be acquired. I discover now that the freedom is my own nature. Therefore, there is nothing to be acquired. When there is nothing to be acquired, there is nothing to be done. And whatever I want to acquire. Is my own self, and therefore has been acquired, and therefore whatever had to be done has been done. We are doing things for what? For freedom, for happiness, for peace, whatever. That happiness, peace, or freedom is the very nature of the self, and therefore whatever had to be done is done. This is how. So knowledge automatically also creates this, this, this uh, knowledge or understanding that I have done. Whatever had to be done. Thus, the Baba has Krutha Krutya da. So Krutha Krutha Krutya has. Thus, the Baba has Takta Krutha Krutya da. Taya Krutha Krutya da. Krutha has. Sun, having thus been totally content, how to describe contentment? We have experience of contentment. From that experience, the contentment of the wise man is described. How we feel content when, at a given point in time, I find, oh, whatever I had to be done, I have done today. Never there is a sense of contentment. Well, a few things are to be done have been done, and how it gives me a contentment or happiness. Imagine everything that is to be done has been done. Then at least we can get an idea of the contentment. Or whatever I wanted, I have gained. What? How it gives me satisfaction or happiness? Imagine that everything that you wanted has been gained in one stroke. Then how much happiness will be? Does the happiness or the contentment that the wise man is experiencing can only be described in the terms known to us? So, krutam krutyam, praptam prapaniyam. Whatever had to be acquired has been acquired. Whatever had to be done has been done. So, krutam krutyataya trupta hai. How the experience of trupti? Trupti means that satisfaction, the contentment. So wise man is totally content, totally satisfied. 
because whatever had to be done has all been done. Whatever had to be accomplished has all been accomplished. <coughs> this is the greatest miracle. There's no big miracle. So miracle is what? Whatever I, I wanted, I already am. So this is a great surprise. That will be described subsequently. Prapta Pratyataya Punaha and also Prapta Pratyata Praptam Prapyam Yenasaha Prapta Prapyaha The one who has gained whatever had to be gained in life. What had to be gained? Freedom. You can never really gain anything because you think that you gain something but then the what, what has been gained will also go in its own way. Only thing that you can really gain is your own self, that's all. And that is already gained. So that is called prapta prapta praptasya praptahi, attainment of what is already attained. And therefore also punahatrupyan again. So every time it thinks, oh I have done everything to be done, happiness. Our God whatever I wanted, happiness. How we remember and we feel happy. Svamanasa manyate asau nirantaram. Tatrupyan by experiencing trupti or total happiness or contentment by this, Swamanasa Nirantaram Eva Manyate. All the time in his mind he thinks like this. Or all the time in his mind he experiences like this or thinks like this. What does he think? His trupti. Now this is the so-called seventh stage, you know, which is being described here. The trupti or the total contentment that the wise man experiences as a result of knowledge. What is it that the wise man thinks in his mind? Atha Aha, verse 292. Now these six verses describe his joy or contentment. Very beautiful verses. The four verses are in a different meter. Because it describes, you know, that very joy that is welling up from his heart. Dhanyoham dhanyoham nityam svatmanamanjasavedmi Dhanyoham dhanyoham nityam svatmanamanjasavedmi Dhanyoham dhanyoham brahmanando vibhatime spashtam Dhanyoham dhanyoham brahmanando vibhatime spashtam It says dhanyoham, I am blessed. Kritartaham, I am totally blessed. Dhanyoham, I am blessed. Nityam Dhanyoham, I am blessed forever. Swatmanam Anjasavedmi, why is it so? So Dhanyoham Dhanyoham, showing Adara, showing a tremendous uh, enthusiasm of the joy and the reverence that is there. Nityam Anavartam Anavataram Anavartam Swatmanam Svasya-nijam-rūgam deshādi-anavachinnam pratyagātmānam-manjasā-sākṣādhyato-vedmi jānāmi ato dhanyaha. I am dhanyaha. I am blessed. Why am I blessed? Because I know myself. Svātmānam, I know my own self. Svasya-nijam-rūgam, my own true self now I know. Everybody knows. What's the big deal about it? Everybody knows himself. No, I know myself in a different way. How? Deshadi anavachinnam. I know self, that is anavachinnam. That is free from limitations of time and place. The very word atma says that. Yachatmavi yadadatte 
yachati vishayani hai. The word atma is explained as being derived from various roots and one man in which the word atma is explained is derived from the root ap. Ap means to pervade. Yachatmodi, one that pervades everything, meaning one who is all pervasive. Atma, the self means all pervasive. The word means all pervasive. The word means various things. Yadavate, one that swallows everything. Yachati, one who eats everything, meaning one who witnesses or experiences all the objects. Yachasya santato bhavaha, the one on account of which the whole universe is sustained. All of these are the meaning of the word atma. And so one meaning is yat apnoti, that which pervades everything. Meaning he is free from the limitation of place because he is all pervasive. When I discover that the self is not confined to his body, which I thought it was, I realize that the body is within the self. It's not the self is within the body. It's the body and not even body. The whole universe is within the self. The whole universe is within the self. And therefore, I am the self, I am everything. Deshadi anavachinnam. Nityam. Nityam means all the time, meaning kala anavachinnam. I realize that I am beyond the time and beyond the place. This is how I know myself. So far I knew myself as a limited being which was the cause of all the sadness or grief anyway. I realize that I am free from all those limitations and boundaries. Pratyagatmanam, the inner self, anjasa sakshad yatahaved me. And how do I know the self? Anjasa. Anjasa means immediately. Sakshat meaning immediately. Aparokshata without any... Uh, without any intervention. Jvedmi janami ataha dhanyaha And therefore, I am blessed. Since I know myself as the limitless, since I know myself as free, and I know myself, how do I know? Not with my mind, or not with an effort. Self is self-evident. And therefore, I know myself as self-evident, free, and free from all the boundaries and limitations, I know and therefore, dhanyoham, I am completely blessed. <coughs> Nityam dhanyoham, I am ever blessed. Nityam vedmi, I ever know myself. Because knowing the self does not require any effort. Every other forms of knowledge requires an operation of pramanam or a means of knowledge. Thus to know the objects of the world is necessary that I must be awake, then I can know them. To know my dream or the things going on in my mind also requires it, I must be aware. But, so no effort is required to know the self because it is self-effulgent. Everything else is paraprakasya, everything else shines in the light of the self. But the self shines by itself and therefore, nityam vedmi, I ever know myself. This knowledge of self is not a matter of memory or not a matter of effort. I even today know myself effortlessly. And similarly also, I continue to know myself effortlessly, but now there is no superimposition of a sense of individuality, and therefore I know myself as totally free, and therefore by that knowledge, dhanyoham, I am blessed. Even atma nivittam tushtim abhidaya. Thus having stated the tushti, the contentment that the wise man experiences as a result of gaining the knowledge of a self, Tap phalala manivittam tam darshayati. Alright. 
You gain the knowledge of yourself, all right, so what did you gain as a result? What has the knowledge of yourself done to you? You say that you are so happy and content because of knowledge. What has the knowledge given to you? Then in the next line he says, how he feels dhanya or totally blessed on account of the result of the self-knowledge. Dhanyoham, dhanyoham, brahmananda vivhadime spashtam. Brahmananda, brahmabhudananda, me spashtam vivhadi, spashtam mithabhodi, which is Brahman, which is my own nature, vibhadi, it shines clearly. So the ananda, the happiness also is self-revealing. So ananda also is self-revealing. And therefore, that ananda also, the total happiness or joy also, I, is shining. Spashtam vibhati, me spashtam. So that ananda also, is shining or revealing very clearly or without any obstacle to me. <clears throat> Naturally, when we say that Atma is self-revealing, what is Atma? Sat-chit and Ananda. Atma is very existence, very awareness, very fullness. So fullness also is shining. Whatever obstacles were there in the manifestation of the fullness have been all eliminated. What are the obstacles? That ignorance was the obstacle. All kinds of doubts with the obstacles, all kinds of past errors with the obstacles. When all the obstacles are revealed, what is there to prevent the self from shining? Now the self reveals itself is full and complete. And therefore, dhanyoham, dhanyoham, I am blessed, blessed I am. Evam ishtaprapthau tushtim abhidhaya The knowledge of freedom has these two aspects, ishta prapti, attainment of the most desirable, anishta nivrutti, and also the elimination of all the anishta, cessation of all the unhappiness. Attainment of the total happiness and the cessation of all the unhappiness. So anishta nivrutti even by the nivrutti or the cessation or the elimination of all the anishta, meaning of all the suffering also, or all the unhappiness, also I am blessed. That is being said in the verse 293. Dhanyoham dhanyoham dukham samsarikam navikshedya Dhanyoham dhanyoham dukham samsarikam navikshedya Dhanyoham dhanyoham svasya jnanam palayitam kvapi Dhanyoham, dhanyoham, svasya jnanam palayitam kvapi. Dhanyoham, I am blessed. Dhanyoham, I am blessed. Dukham samsarikam na vikshayadya. Adhidanim dukham dukha surubam samsaram na vikshay na pashyami. Atah pratartha ityartha. I don't see the samsara, he says. Dukham, I don't see any dukha at all. Dukkha Surugam Samsaram, the duality, the samsara which divides, which isolates, I don't see that samsara at all. That samsara is no more now seen by me. In the sense that I see only the self everywhere. I appreciate everything as nothing but the self and therefore I don't see any duality. Even though the duality may be perceived, I don't see any duality because that duality which is perceived is not real. I see that even though it is the self alone that is shining as all this duality. And therefore, 
self alone is. And therefore I don't see any non-self, I don't see any division, I don't see any isolation, I don't see any dukkha at all. What causes dukkha? It's this isolation, the division, sense of individuality, separation. I feel separated, rejected, isolated, whatever it is. That's what causes dukkha. There is no I which can be separated or isolated because I alone am. And therefore, all the dukkha or the unhappiness, the whatever was there, I don't see it at all. It has all disappeared. How come has it disappeared? Dukkha pratidau karanamaha. How come all your unhappiness and sadness and suffering has all disappeared? How come? Dhanyuham, dhanyuham, swasya agnyanam palayatam kwapi. Because all the agnyanam, the ignorance, palayatam has fled away someplace. I don't know where it has gone. Aneka karma vasana jalam agnyanam kwabi palayatam nashtam ityardaha. This ignorance which created all kinds of karma and karma phala and the vasanas and all raga, dveshas, all of this whole host of things that this ignorance had created, that ignorance along with all its army has where it has disappeared, I don't know. When the sun shines, doesn't know where the darkness has gone away, it doesn't know. Sun has never seen the, the night, he has never seen the darkness. So sun says, I don't know where the darkness has gone away. And similarly also he says, I don't know where this ignorance has fled away. When ignorance was there, so long I thought the samsara was different from me. So long samsara was the cause of all the dukkha. Even I myself was the cause of dukkha. But now that ignorance has gone away, all the cause of dukkha or unhappiness has gone away. And therefore, I don't know where that ignorance has gone away and I don't know where that dukkha has disappeared. I don't see it anywhere. <clears throat> all right, so what happens when the ignorance is gone away? Agnana nivritti phalam krita kratyatvam krita kratyatvam prapta prapyatvam jadarsayadi The result of elimination of ignorance, which is what? Krita kratyatvam, having done whatever had to be done. Prapta prapyatvam, having acquired whatever had to be acquired. So this is, when ignorance goes away, then you realize that you are what you wanted to be. Whatever I wanted to become, I already am. Whatever I want to accomplish, that I already am. And therefore, whatever had to be done, has already been done. When ignorance goes away, this is what one discovers. As we said, what I was searching for, already is with me. What I was searching for, is already myself. <coughs> and therefore, another great joy, you know, a, a burst of joy is expressed again in verse 294. Dhanyoham dhanyoham kartavyam me navidyate kinchita Dhanyoham dhanyoham kartavyam me navidyate kinchita Dhanyoham dhanyoham praptavyam sarvamadya sampannam Dhanyoham dhanyoham praptavyam sarvamadya sampannam Dhanyoham dhanyoham blessed I am, blessed I am Kartavyam mayena vidyave kinchit. There's nothing to be done by me now. There's no kartavya. There's nothing that I have to do. And understand that the burden is not that I do things. That I have to do. That compulsion is a problem. That I'm compelled to do. Nobody likes that. In fact, we don't mind working for 24 hours a day. 
But I am compelled to do things I have to do. I must respond to that call. I must go there. I must do this. That is what really is a big botheration. At the moment, at the most physically you may get tired, all right. But what makes me tired mentally, mentally exhausted is this demand upon me. He says, kartavyam name vidyade kinchit. There is no kartavyam at all. Kartavyam means that which has to be done. There is no such thing that has to be done. Why is something to be done by me? If I don't do that, I stand to lose. And if I do that, I stand to gain. The kartavya is there, something has to be done because by doing that, we stand to gain something or by not doing that, we stand to lose something. There is nothing to be gained, there is nothing to be lost. No gain can add anything into me, no loss can take away anything from me. What can be lost? The Atma is not available for any operation of subtraction and addition. Fullness cannot be added into, fullness cannot be subtracted from, and therefore, kartavyam name vidyade kinchit no vardhade karmana no kaniyan, says Brazaradga Upanishad. Atma no, no vardhade, doesn't grow by karma, no kaniyan, doesn't become less. And therefore, no kartavyam vidyade kinchit, there is nothing to be done. Dhanyoham, dhanyoham, praptavyam sarvamadya sampannam. I am blessed, I am blessed indeed because sarvam praptavyam adya sampannam. Whatever had to be achieved by me has already been achieved. Whatever had been acquired by, to be acquired by me has already been acquired. Whatever had to be done has been done. Therefore nothing remains to be done, nothing remains to be accomplished. Whatever had to be accomplished has been accomplished. So imagine, this is how the tripti or the contentment of the wise man is described for us, how would it feel that you have done everything that had to be done? There is no demand upon you at all. That's called bondage. There is a demand. Either demand comes from outside world or demand comes from my own self. Otherwise I feel guilty. I should do something. I must do something for my son, for my father, for my brother, for my neighbor, for this, for that and what not. Fail to do, I feel guilty. So that also is a bondage. Or the world outside imposes duties upon me that you must respond in a given manner, otherwise you subject to lose or punishment, whatever. There is a total freedom from all this. Therefore, there is joy of freedom and joy of having accomplished whatever had to be accomplished. Idanim jatayaha and therefore, this Krutakrutyada, having done what is to be done, that tripti, that satisfaction is nirdisha, is unsurpassable satisfaction or unsurpassable contentment. That's what is said in the verse 295. loke. <laughs> Dhanyoham dhanyoham triptir me kopama bhaveloke Dhanyoham dhanyoham dhanyo dhanyaf punaf punar dhanyaha Dhanyoham dhanyoham dhanyo dhanyaf punaf punar dhanyaha Dhanyoham dhanyoham I am indeed blessed, I am blessed Triptir me kopama bhaveloke In this world where is upama with the comparison of my happiness the happiness, the contentment, the joy that I have, incomparable, unsurpassable. 
Nobody in the world can, would know what it is or nobody in the world can ever experience that. Or whatever happiness anybody can experience as in, is in, stands in no comparison to the happiness or the contentment that I have. Where is the upama, where is the comparison to my happiness? Then what is to say? Itah param vaktavi adarsana. He has nothing else to say now. Tushtiheva parisphuradi darsayati. And therefore, having nothing to say, he just shows how there is only tushtihi, there is only joy, joy and joy. Dhanyoham, dhanyoham, dhanyo, dhanyah, punaf, punar dhanyah. I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed again, again and again, blessed I am. What else can he say? That shows how that tripti or the joy is just bubbling up there, is just welling up there, not bubbling, welling up there, like a fountain and therefore, that alone he said, there is nothing else, what else, what words can be used? In what way it can be described? So it's dhanyoham, I am blessed, I am blessed. I am blessed. <coughs> and he remembers his past and also feels happy. Even the remembrance, you know, of the past, or remembrance of the factors that contributed to this blessedness also makes him happy. Asya sarvasya karana bhuda punya punya varipaga manasmrutya tushyadi He realizes what is brought this about. The punya punya paripaga. It is nothing but the fructification of all the virtues and all the punya that I must have performed. Nobody knows what we have done in this life to deserve what we have. It's very hard to even say, I don't say anything that we have done in this life to deserve the kind of privilege that we are having. So we must have done something good in the past. And this mukti or the freedom, this moksha is, mukti no sadajanma kodi sukrutahi punya irvina labhyade. As Shankaracharya says in the very first verse of Viveka Chudamani, Jantunam Narajanmadurlabham, even to gain this human birth itself is where. Tatah Pumstvam, and having gained this human birth, to gain Pumstvam meaning a desire to know and desire to uh, fulfill this life, that itself is even rare. Tatovi Prata, and then to gain the knowledge, education, and the good nature, sattvic nature is even rare. And thus it's rare and rare and rare. Jantunam Narajanmadurlamam Pumstvam Tatovaprada Paschad Dharma Paschad Vaidika Dharma Marga Parada Vidvatva Masmatpuram And then to follow the Dharma Marga of the Vedas is even rare. And then to learn and study the Vedas is even rare. Atma and Atma Vivechanam discrimination of the Atma itself in non-self even rare. Suanubhavaha and to gain the knowledge yet rare. Muktihi, to gain the mukti or the freedom, having eliminated all the obstacles, rarest. Sata janma koti sukrutai punye vina nalabhyate. It's not possible to gain this uh, unless there is a fructification of the virtues or good actions punya karma perform in crores or millions of past lives. So all the punya karmas performed, the virtuous actions performed, the meritorious actions performed in billions of past lives, all of them fructify in, in this moksha or the liberation. So he realizes that. And that's what he sings here in the verse 296. Aho punyam, aho punyam, aho punyam, 
Phalitam, Phalitam, Dhrinam, all the punya, the meritorious actions, Phalitam, all of them are really fructified. Dhrinam, Phalitam, 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 Dhrinam, Phalitam has really fructified extremely well and properly. Evam vidha punya sampadakam, atmanam asmatya tushari. And he remembers himself, how did this all punya come about? Because I did something, oh that's nice. So, how did these meritorious actions have fructified all right, but how did these merits come in the first place? Because I performed asya punyasya sampatehe ahovayam ahovayam. Oh, how wonderful we are, how wonderful we are, how blessed we are that we have acquired the wealth of all this punya or the merit that is fructified into this knowledge and liberation. So how wonderful is the merit which fructifies in this? And how wonderful we are that we perform all those meritorious actions and that we are blessed that we perform the meritorious actions and they are all fructified now in this liberation, in this freedom and the joy. How wonderful we are, how wonderful we are. How wonderful that punya is, how wonderful it is. Idanim samvijnana sadhanam shastram tadupadeshtaram acharya manusmritya tushyari now we remember the Shastra, the scripture, which is a means of knowledge. And Tadupadeshtaram, he remembers his teacher, one who imparted him the knowledge. He remembers them, again the joy wells up from his heart. Says here, verse 297. Aho Guru Raho Guru Aho Gnanam Aho Gnanam Aho Gnanam Aho Gnanam Aho Sukham Aho Sukham Aho Sukham Aho Sukham Aho Shastram Aho Shastram Oh how wonderful the scriptures, is, scriptures are How wonderful they are Because of which we gain this knowledge Aho Guru Aho Guru And what to talk of the Guru what to talk of the teacher? How wonderful the teacher? How wonderful the teacher who imparted the knowledge. He remembers and he is just happy. He remembers the scriptures, becomes happy. Remembers the guru, becomes happy. Remembers himself, becomes happy. Remembers punya, becomes happy. Aho jnanam, punascha shastra jnanam jnanam, tatsukham chanusmitya santushyadi. And again remembers the knowledge, which is which has taken place as a result of the study of the scriptures. Ahogyanam, Ahogyanam. How wonderful the knowledge is, how wonderful the knowledge is. And it has given me the sukham, aho sukham, aho sukham. How wonderful the happiness, how wonderful the happiness of this liberation. There is no other word, how wonderful. It's all wonders. Says Bhagavad Gita, Ascharivat Pasyadi Kascidenam. Ascharivat Vadadi tasaiva chanyaha Ascharivat chainam anyasranodi Shrutva apyenam vedana chayivakas Ascharivat pasyadi kasyadenam Lord Krishna says 
someone sees the self with great wonder. Self, self is wonder, the seer is wonder, the seeing also is wonder. Someone sees the self with great wonder. Ascharivat vadadi tathai vachanyaha. Someone speaks of the self also with a great wonder. The self that is spoken of is wonder. The one who speaks of the self also is a wonder. And the very speaking of the self also is wonder. Ascharivat chenamanyas shranoti. There is yet another one who listens to the self in all the wonder. Because the self is wonder. The one who listens to the self also is a wonder. The very listening also is a wonder. So it's wonder all around. And that very wonder is expressed in this verses. Aho punyam, aho punyam, aho shastram, aho shastram, aho guruhu, aho guruhu. Ascharya gnata koshalanu shishtaha. Same thing, Kathopanishad also says that even the knower of this is a wonder and the teacher also is a wonder. <coughs> this, these verses expressed his contentment as well as the tremendous wonders with which he is filled effortlessly and that tripti or the very contentment or satisfaction of the wise man is expressed in these verses and therefore the whole chapter is named by this. Although chapter discuss so many things, the chapter is called Tripti Deepa Prakranam. The chapter which illumines the Tripti or which illumines this contentment or the joy of the wise man. Because the last verses dealt with the Tripti or the contentment of the wise man. And so in the final verse, Grantha Abhyasa Phalamaha says here the result of the Grantha Abhyasa or the study of this scripture, study of this particular text, this chapter. Tripti Deepamimam Nityam Tripti Deepamimam Nityam Yenu Sandhathe Budhaha Yenu Sandhathe Budhaha Brahmanande Nimajjantaha Brahmanande Nimajjantaha Te Tripyanti Nirantaram Te Tripyanti Nirantaram Tripti Deepamimam this chapter, the seventh chapter, which is entitled Tripti Deepa Prakranam, or the chapter that illumines the Tripti or the satisfaction or the joy of the wise man, Ye Buddha Nityam Anusandhade, those wise people, meaning those learned people, Nityam Anusandhade, those seekers of knowledge, Anusandhityam, all the time dwell upon this chapter. So those men or people, rather, those seekers of knowledge of pure heart, who will constantly dwell upon this, the seventh chapter, this particular chapter called Trupti Deepa Prakranam. Brahmananda Nimajjantaha. They also will get merged in Brahmananda, the joy of Brahman. They will also will be totally immersed rather. They will be totally immersed in the Ananda of Brahman. Tetrapyandi Nirantaram. And they also, Nirantaram, all the time, when they enjoy the same Trupti of the contentment that we have just described. So that is the result of constantly studying this chapter. That not only studying but dwelling upon it and all the time reflecting upon it, trying to understand it and assimilate it. So knowing, studying, understanding and assimilation of the seventh chapter will also enable one to get immersed in Brahmananda, Ananda of Brahman and all the time he also will enjoy or experience that tripti. 
ఇది శ్రీ విద్యారణ్యకృత పంచదశ్యాం తృప్తి దీపాఖ్యం ప్రకరణం సమాప్తం ఇన్ దిస్ మ్యానర్ ఇస్ కన్క్లూడెడ్ ద సెవెన్ చాప్టర్ కాల్ ది తృప్తి దీప ప్రకరణం ఇన్ దిస్ టెక్స్ట్ కాల్ పంచదశి విచ్ ఇస్ కంపోజ్ బై శ్రీ విద్యారణ్య స్వామి ఇది శ్రీమద్ పరమహంస పరివ్రాజకాచార్య శ్రీ భారతీ తీర్థ విద్యారణ్య మునివరేకింకరేణ రామకృష్ణాఖ్య విదుష విరచిత తృప్తి దీప వ్యాఖ్య సమాప్త in also the vyakhya or the commentary upon these verses composed by a a scholar whose name was ramakrishna he was a student or a disciple of bharati tirtha and vidyaranya so the tika composed by him that also has been concluded here yeah. <coughs> om purnamada పూర్ణమదచ్యూర్ణమదాయపూర్ణమేవశిష్యూర్ణమదాయపూర్ణమేవశిష్యూర్ణమేవశిష్యూర్ణమేవశిష్యూర్ణమేవశిష్యూర్